I'm so glad you're joining me for this episode of Street Soldiers on COVID burnout. A lot of people are feeling it, and maybe you are one of them. And to be sure, we just want to put this in the context of the hundreds of thousands of people who are mourning the loved ones that they've lost to this nasty virus, and also tens of thousands who are currently fighting it for their lives in some cases. But the fact is millions of other people here in America have been affected in so many ways. There's been tremendous upheaval in our lives in terms of our daily routines, in terms of our mental health, and just in terms of economics. A lot of people are going through financial hardship as well. So we put together this panel for you to talk about ways that we can kind of deal with what's going on so you don't feel like you're all alone. And also so we can kind of make the most because anytime there's an opportunity for change, there's also an opportunity for progress. And that's what we're going to talk about right now. Got a great panel. Let's get right to it. Joining me is Dr. Jen Caudill. She's a family physician and associate professor at Rowan University. Dr. Jen, great to have you with us. Thank you. Thank you so much. Also joining us is Dr. Jeff Gardier. He's a clinical psychologist and associate professor at Turo College of Osteopathic Medicine. Dr. Jeff, great to have you with us. Great to be with you. Thank you so much. Also with us is Tara Wallace. She's an actress and entrepreneur and mother of three boys. Tara, great to have you with us. Uh, <laughs> they just came in. Okay. Right. It's always that entrance. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Great to, great to have you with us. Um, Dr. Jeff, I want to start with you. <laughs> it's all right. We're talking about family issues too. Dr. Jeff, in terms of this term COVID burnout, is this a real thing? It is a very real thing. We're talking about COVID burnout, Lisa. We're talking about pandemic fatigue. Uh, the fact is that the world is upside down. We've gone through a bunch of not just physical, medical, but emotional, sociological changes. People are tired. They want to get their lives back. And because of this COVID burnout, because of this pandemic fatigue, now they're kind of putting the cart before the horse and they are uh, in many ways uh, not practicing social distancing, hand washing, you know, all of the things that we need to do in order to bring this virus count down in our population. Dr. Jen, with the, you, you're all, you're, you treat people, you heal people, but you're also um, doing a lot of things to increase awareness and to help with public health and people understanding it. Are you seeing people kind of coming to you being like, I just, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm just, I'm tired of this. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree with what was just said. You know, I think a, a lot of people really are exhausted. Um, this is a very exhausting time. And I think out of it is is a couple of things. I mean, yes, uh, many people aren't, you know, I haven't seen my, my family in about 10, 11 months. And if I didn't say that I was, you know, missing them dearly and, and it's it's a bit of a struggle, I, I would be lying. And I think a lot of people are in that boat. Uh, but in addition to sort of the lack of sort of physical contact that we're used to having and not feeling connected, um, I think, yes, we are tired of, of not being able to do what we've been able to, to do before. As mentioned, there's the, the economic fallout, et cetera. And then I would also add this piece of, you know, mask wearing and a lot of our sort of uh, measures to curtail this virus has actually become politicized. And rather than speaking about that, 
that in and of itself, the politicization of this issue, I think is exhausting as well. It's almost as though we are in a war, many wars, not just a war with this virus, but we're also in a war with information and misinformation, a war in, you know, trying to sort of, you know, manage what our, our intuition says to do, which is to be around people versus what we need to do. So I, I think we're battling a lot. Um, and I think it is exhausting and it's tough for people right now. Jeff, the people, people are saying that never in their lifetimes, people have been around for a while, that has there been so many changes all at once in every single aspect of our lives. Is that an exaggeration? Uh, I think we've gone from Earth 1.0 to Earth 2.0. You've heard me say that before ad nauseum. Um, certainly the way uh, we were living our lives has been completely upended. Uh, we've taken an evolutionary leap in the way that we will be living from now on. Some things may go back to the way it is, but some things will never be the same. And we will see improvements in the way we live, but we see it in the way that we are dining, you know, with regard to restaurants, the way that people are gathering, limited that, limiting that number. Even the biggest thing that I've seen, the whole idea that education at some point now has been fast forwarded where it may be online from now on. We're seeing it in the medical schools. Jen can tell you that. Uh, can you imagine teaching physicians online medical students, and then they come in just for labs. So yes, everything has changed. It is a culture shock and we still haven't caught up. We are, you know, in a state of confusion. It's just, right? a, con just a, con a constant thing. Dr. Jen, in terms, of, in terms of your practice, in terms of healing people, in terms of teaching, how have things changed for you personally? Because your, your uh, type of medicine, osteopathic medicine, your regular MD, all of those things, plus there's a much more holistic approach to treating a patient. So how has that impacted you? Absolutely. Yeah, no, I am an osteopathic physician. I'm a family physician. And, uh, you know, we know that there are two types of licensed physicians in this country, MDs and DOs. Uh, DOs have additional training in hands-on medicine. But other than that, we are pretty much the same, uh, roughly. Um, but yes, I'm an associate professor at a medical school. Um, and as Jeff was saying, things have changed tremendously. So our practice, I'm part of a university practice. I, I see patients in the office. I teach medical students in a course. Um, and I also precept uh, medical residents. So honestly, uh, starting at the end of March through mid-June, we switched to telemedicine. We really pulled out of the office, uh, switched all of our visits to online, which was something I had never done before. A lot of my colleagues had not. You know, I think one of the things about this pandemic, as horrible as it is, um, is that there have been some good things in terms of we've had to learn to adapt in ways. And I think telemedicine has been a, a wonderful resource that I think a lot of practices will use um, to provide care to patients in the future uh, in some ways. So anyway, we did that. Uh, we're now starting to get back into the office. But even, you know, training medical students, literally, we pulled them off of rotations. We sent them home and trying to teach them uh, distance learning. It's It's been a challenge, to say the least. But it's been a challenge for us all. And I think that these are examples of how literally every profession, you know, this is just one example, but every profession out there, everyone has literally had to uh, make almost a total 360 in terms of readapting their life and their work to accommodate this new normal. Okay, we're going to take a short break. This is Street Soldiers. We're talking about COVID burnout. How do you create your own safety zone when other people 
might not be practicing safety measures the same way you do. We'll find out what our guests have to say about that when we come back. Hey, what up, y'all? This is Lloyd, the King of Hearts, and this is Street Soldiers with Lisa Evers. Real issues, real politics, and real people only on Hot 9-7. You did. Welcome back to Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. In this episode, we're talking about COVID burnout. Maybe it's happened to you. Maybe you're feeling it now and even feeling a little bit guilty about feeling it because so many people have lost their lives and our hearts and condolences go out to their loved ones and their families. But for everyone who's here, the millions who are here dealing with changes in their daily lives, there's a lot of stresses, a lot of questions. We're trying to get some answers in this episode. Joining me is Dr. Jen Cottle. She's a family physician and also associate professor at Rowan University. Dr. Jen, great to have you with us. Thank you. Thank you so much. Also with us is Tara Wallace. She's an actress and entrepreneur and mother of three boys. Tara, great to have you with us. Thanks. Thanks Thank for you. that. Nice to be here. Great to have you. Also with us is Dr. Jeff Gardier. He's a clinical psychologist and associate professor at Toro College of Osteopathic Medicine. Dr. Jeff, great to have you with us. It's great to be with you. And isn't it amazing that we have professors from two osteopathic um, medical schools? That's a first, Dr. Jen. Yes, it I is. think that's I a think first for right. street. That's definitely a first for street soldiers. That, that's that's really great. The um, uh, Dr. Jeff, in terms of this safety zone concept, okay, people, okay, we have to. A lot of places we have to wear masks. A lot of places masks are mandatory. Um, but a lot of times people aren't wearing them. It depends on which part of the country you're in. It depends on where you're going, how it's enforced. So for people who are really trying to be safe and keep their families and their loved ones uh, safe, what does that do when there's this tremendous sense of uncertainty? Um, Keep you behind home. I'm just going to be honest about that. Stay within your own social circle. Um, Many of my patients have done it. I've done it. They're a group of people that we know very well. We never violate, um, you know, the uh, distance between one another. Uh, We know these people get tested frequently. These people are of the same mindset that we are of safety first uh, and following the protocols and listening to scientists. We have a head of state who has made statements such that if we listen to scientists, um, if, we, if it wasn't for these scientists, if we didn't listen to scientists, if we listened to scientists rather, you know, we would have many more deaths. That's idiocy. Okay, Uh, and Dr. Jen talked about this politicizing the science. So, you know, it really is about science. It really is not getting into the politics and therefore just use your common sense and follow the safety protocols. And and let's talk about the science and let's talk about the safety protocols. Dr. Jen, a lot of people keep referring, even though I don't like to look back, but other people are saying, well, you know, first they said mask, you didn't need a mask. Now you need a mask. Can you just give us a quick rundown of what everybody should be doing every day? Just bare bones. Absolutely. So bare bones, we should all be wearing masks. Um, pretty much any time that we're outside of our house, to be honest with you, Uh, unless you're literally on the top of a mountain and nobody's around for miles and miles, or you're hiking in the woods and no one's around, uh, perhaps then you can avoid a mask. But other than that, if you're outside your house, 
out and about in this world, you need to be wearing a mask. Uh, you also need to stay six feet away from people, you know, more if possible. You need to avoid crowds and groups. This is not the place to be or the time to be in crowds or groups. Also hand washing and hand sanitizing and sort of using our general precautions. This is the time really to still be hunkered down, honestly, for the most part. I would also say, Lisa, you asked about sort of the um, the beginning. We were saying not to wear masks. And that is very, very true. I know that's left a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths. But let me, let me tell you, it wasn't for or, um, it, it wasn't that we were wrong. Uh, I was one of these saying, don't wear masks. At the time, the science that we had at the time said to not wear masks. So I always say, when we know better, we do better. The science has changed. Remember, this is a novel virus. We never had this virus before. As we have learned more, we have understood more. And, and a couple things to that point. In the beginning, we said not to wear masks for a couple of reasons. Number one, we needed the masks for healthcare workers. Remember, we had a, a, an incredible There was a shortage tremendous shortage, right. Exactly. That's right. But in addition, one thing we didn't know in the beginning was the level of asymptomatic transmission, meaning the number of people that can literally be out here walking around with the virus and not know they have it. We know that about 40% of people, perhaps even more, may have the virus and not know it, and it's spread that way. So once again, uh, the recommendations have changed, not because we were wrong then, but because as we've gone through time, we have learned more. And as we learn more, we can do more. No, that's, that's, that's fantastic. Dr. Jeff, in terms of the emotional insecurity that the fear of this virus, because I think a lot of people kind of go through this roller coaster where, yes, this is serious. It's killed, you know, hundreds of thousands at this point, several hundred thousand, a couple hundred thousand or more Americans. The, um, you know, there's the fear of the disease. And then there's also like, well, I don't really see anybody getting that sick from it. Or we hear about people testing positive, but they, they didn't really seem sick or they'll be like, I'm not in one of those high risk groups. Take us through that. Is that, that, that fear, that insecurity, the denial? Well, I, I think, uh, again, I hate to get into this, but I think it's, it, it's about, you know, the politics of this, as Dr. Jen talked about. I mean, it had gotten to the point of where we had gotten with this pandemic fatigue, where people were starting to relax. We, right. we fly in New York and in some other areas, um, and people were starting to become a little bit negligent. And then the president of the United States uh, uh, got COVID-19, and then all of a sudden people were like, wait a minute, if the president got it, the most protected man on the face of the planet, then you know, this thing is real. And so you saw people getting paranoid again, which I felt was a healthy paranoia. And they started taking care of themselves and, you know, doing the, 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 the safe things. And then the head of state starts talking about, thank God I got it. I've never heard that from any patient I've ever worked with before. Maybe Dr. Jen has, I don't think so. Um, and then started talking about he was invulnerable. You know, he was, uh, he, he couldn't get it anymore. And we know that's not necessarily true. Send, sending, these, sending these mixed messages. Mixed signals, sending the, the wrong signals. And so people who are into the politics and who are into the cult of personality are now, you know, putting themselves back in danger again, attending super spreader events, not doing the right thing. So again, as our panelists have said, as Tara said, as Dr. Jenner said, as you talked about many times, you have to practice safety and precautions uh, in order to try to avoid COVID-19. Absolutely. Now we talk about, Dr. Jen, we talk about, we talk about large crowds. And one of the things that has happened in the New York City area is we have these open streets. We have these restaurants on sidewalks that are going into the streets, which are really fantastic. There's other certain events and people started to feel like, OK, well, if it's outside, if it's outside, I don't really need to wear my mask. And 
if I'm outside, I'm okay. So we've been seeing, especially recently, a lot more gatherings, sports events, groups, social events where people are, I mean, lar- like larger than 25 are together outside, but face to face, no masks. Is that a danger? Is, are they in danger even though they're outside? Because we keep hearing outside is supposed to be safer. Absolutely. So, um, uh, absolutely. In terms of, I understand your question. Uh, uh, a couple of answers there. Uh, we do know that outside is a potentially safer environment than they being inside, but it doesn't mean there is no risk at all. If you're outside, you still need to wear your mask. I still recommend social distancing. And yes, many of our restaurants have opened up. You know, one of the things we've been thinking about and know about is the hit to our economy. So many workers are out of jobs. So many businesses are going under and it breaks our hearts. It is devastating. This is the last thing we want to see. And it is wonderful seeing that our country is patronizing our restaurants and other places. However, we also have to balance that. Okay, so everyone needs to take stock of their own individual risk, understanding that cooking at home and eating at home is the safest practice you can do. Uh, Ordering for delivery or takeout is probably the next best. Sitting at a restaurant outside is probably the third and inside is sort of, is certainly even more risky than that. Um, So there are risks involved still with eating outside. There are times when your mask is not on when you are eating or drinking, et cetera. Uh, But but, but to your point, Lisa, and I think this is what you're trying to get at, uh, should we just throw caution to the wind saying, oh, we're outside, we're all good? Absolutely not. That is not what we need to be doing. All right, we're going to take a short break. This is Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. We'll be right back. Yeah, 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 yeah. Salute. This is General Steele from Smith & Wesson. And right now you're listening to Street Soldiers with your girl, Lisa Evers. Real issues, real politics, and real people. Only on Hot 97. Joining me now is Carrie Edwards. He's the former vice president for external affairs for One Brooklyn Health System, one of our Hot 97 sponsors. And Carrie, in terms of what we are seeing with this COVID burnout that people are feeling, the second wave that we're seeing, some of the spikes in certain neighborhoods. How concerned are you as a health professional that people may be getting tired of following these protective measures like wearing the mask, social distancing, not having family gatherings, not getting together with friends? How concerned are you with that? I mean, I'm, I'm very concerned. Thank you. Well, first off, thank you for having me, Lisa. I'm a huge fan. Um, been around you a long time in other aspects of my life, but um, think I, I, I'm very concerned, and I think that you know Dr. Fauci had said it best that the anticipation of a second wave was coming. Um, could we have been doing more to prevent that second wave? Yes. I mean, I think that naturally people do get burnt out. It, there, there's a lot of rules that we have to follow as it pertains to COVID safety, um, and one of the biggest issues too, like you mentioned is just being separated from your familiarities. The way you normally hang around people, talk to people or in close proximities. You know, my mom's a hugger and she's like, I love to hug and she hasn't been able to hug. Right. Well, I think that the the burnout reality is real. Um, But I also think that we haven't done as great a job in reminding folks on a grander scale why it's important to keep doing this. I think that we also as a community and and even, as a government system kind of got a little lax because, you know, summertime was here and we were opening up outdoor dining. And so we kind of forgot the the message as well. And now we're asking folks to kind of jump back into that process. And then in terms of the, um, in in terms of the measures, you know, test the, uh, the mayor has been talking a lot about testing, how important testing is. What are you seeing, especially in Brooklyn where we had those red zones, you know, that we have the red zones, 
and orange and yellow zones, and there, there have been some of these spikes. How important is testing to really getting past this? I mean, I, I think testing is the key to, you know, slowing it down. Um, you know, you more identify folks through testing. But I think that the bigger issue more about it is, is just not kind of communicating the way the spread works, right? So, you know, if you and I don't get tested and we have it and we're asymptomatic, how, how much are we affecting our community unless we're in a close proximity with folks and not wearing our mask, not washing our hands? So I think it's more of a two-pronged communication that has to be done. One, you need to encourage people to get tested so that they don't spread it. But in lieu of that, we have to continue to tell them to protect themselves and protect others by doing the things that they want, don't want. I mean, the, the tests are quick, but I think more so what we have to start doing is to get folks to understand that if you are, if you're asymptomatic, if you do, if you do have symptoms, you're going to stay home. So you're naturally going to stay away from folks because you're not going to be feeling well. But it's the asymptomatic folks. And I think in that respect, if you're feeling healthy, it's going to be harder for you to want to go take a test or believe that you're, you've been exposed. Um, so I do think that the other measure is more important about please wear your mask, you know, please stay six feet apart. Please wash your hands as soon as you come home. You know, I'm, I'm of the point that I even, as soon as I get in, take some hand sanitizer and rub it on the door handles um, because it's- Good it's, point. Yeah, it's just a matter of removing this virus off of the surface or, or killing it all together as, it, as the way it shifts and spreads to people. And then any other tips, because especially as we're, we're doing more indoors now with the weather getting colder, any other more like sanitizing tips that you have for us? Yeah, I mean, you know, again, you know, I, I went through COVID and, and I got it in, in the most unusual fashion. You know, I, I ended up like wiping my forehead and, you know, the air was so dense that, that you know, somehow, somewhere it got into my pores and... and wow. You know, I joke sometimes with, you know, some elected officials and just some community folks like, you know, we touch our faces as a point of habit. Um, so really, you know, the washing the hands, making sure that your immediate area is clean and, and sanitized kind of helps, like, again, stop the spread of the virus. So, you know, my, my advice to your listeners is just like, listen, you know, get into that habit, right? It says it takes 21 days to, to make a habit, you know, wash your hands <laughs> after, you know, Wash your hands after, you know, every interaction, whether you just finished cooking, whether you just finished picking some something off the floor, you know, um, hand sanitizers work. You know, I have about 70 bottles sitting around my house just so everywhere I go, there's one. Um, and we have to just kind of be a little more understanding that, you know, we wouldn't stick our finger in our nose or our mouth after right. we come out outside. And it's the same process. You know, it's a virus that sits and it, it waits for us to do something that we normally shouldn't do, and then that's how it gets us. And and I heard we had a tip on from a previous uh, medical expert who was on on the show that which I which I do now religiously is as soon as I get home when I'm washing my hands, I also I also sterilize my phone. I spray my phone down and wipe it wipe it down. My tablet, you you know my iPad spread spread that down too. So that like you said those things the door I keep forgetting about the doorknob though. But thank you for reminding me about that. But um, Carrie, some great reminders for us. And, and thank you so very much for being with us on this episode of Street Soldiers. We appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. All right. Thank you. That's Carrie Edwards, former uh, Vice President for External Affairs at the One Brooklyn Health System. Thank you so much. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you. 
What up? This is Trey Songz and this is Street Soldiers with Lisa Evers. Real issues, real politics, real people, only on Hot 9-7. Welcome back to Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. In this episode, we're talking about COVID burnout, how you can deal with it, and also how you can make the most of this challenging time. Joining me for this conversation, Dr. Jen Caudill. She's a family physician and associate professor at Rowan University. Dr. Jen, great to have you with us. Thank you. Thank you. Also joining us is Tara Wallace. She's an actress and entrepreneur and mother of three boys. Tara, great to have you with us. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much. Also joining us is Dr. Jeff Gardier. He's a clinical psychologist. I just realized, Dr. Jeff, while you're smiling, you're the only guy on the whole panel in this whole show. <laughs> and who's luckier than I am right now? Uh, Dr. Jeff Gardier, clinical psychologist, associate professor at Turo College of Osteopathic Medicine. Uh, Tara, one of the things that has, this has impacted so much is family dynamics. People can't see their loved ones. You went through the ordeal with, you know, with your mother, which thank God she sounds like she's doing, she's doing very well. Um, but as we approach the holidays and as the boys ask you, like, what about, you know, what about trick-or-treating? What about Thanksgiving? What about, you know, the holidays, all of that type of, what kinds of questions are you getting from the kids? Well, you know, when it, you know, we, they only really, really and truly care about Christmas. So um, that's always <laughs> a very small event for us in terms of I always make their Christmases at home because I want them to get used to as they, you know, get older and have wives and have children. Christmas is always home. So that's that's the one thing that I that we stick to and that we create um, in terms of Halloween. I found that they're just they're just. Um, you know, like other things, like there are boxes that are that people are putting together and mailing to the children. So, you know, uh, just remaining flexible throughout the holidays and just explaining, you know, why we have to be flexible. As long as they're having a good time, the adjustment for them is just uh, it's not it's not such a bad thing. It's not like a something they have to take on. It's like this is what we're doing. We're going to have fun, and they're okay with that. Doctor Jeff, what about in terms like how do you talk to loved ones who you know may not be as careful as you are or like Thanksgiving where there's always extra people that show up or there's the latest this or the latest person, or there's, there's always that one person in the family that doesn't want to really go by the rules or, you know, and people are drinking and eating and having a good time. It's like, how do you, how do you decide what's a safe Thanksgiving for you? Well, first of all, you have to plan ahead, right? And so when you talk to the people who you are inviting to your home, you have to plan how many people there, there will be. You have to ask them, you know, certain questions. When was the last time they were tested and so on? What is their family configuration? And absolutely not. You cannot just bring someone else or a last minute guest. You will not be allowed to come in. So the best thing that you can do is the preparation and not wing it because it only takes one person, whether they're asymptomatic, which is the worst case scenario, or they're having some symptoms to show up uh, and you've got a, a major issue on your hands. Dr. Jen, what, what about the sa- safety? Like, let, let's just take a think, like, is there such a thing as a safe Thanksgiving dinner with family members that you haven't seen for a long time who might be coming from other parts of the country? 
I'll be honest with you. Um, I'm yes. not doing Thanksgiving with my family this year. We're not doing Christmas either. My parents put the kibosh on that like three months ago. Um, so, you know, to be honest with you, the safest is to not gather with family and friends during Thanksgiving and Christmas. You know, maybe a couple of months ago, I might have been reluctant to say that. But what we are seeing right now um, during this time, the fall and winter of this, this country, is we're seeing cases rise. Cases are rising in many parts of the country. And while, yes, there are some parts of the country that are safer than others, the truth of the matter is it is always a risk when you bring people together. Now, let's say someone is absolutely set on getting together and having a gathering. There are ways to make a gathering safer if that's what you choose to do. Um, getting tested before visiting family or friends or whomever you are choosing to get together with. Keeping in mind, this is not ideal in my opinion. Uh, quarantine for two weeks before getting together, if everyone does that. <laughs> when you're together at the Thanksgiving or Christmas or whatever holiday you're celebrating, um, you know, not eating from shared plates, you know, not eating from a serving bowl right. or a serving dish. Or family words, style. Makes the family st- right. That's right. No family style. Actually, even washing your own dishes, as crazy as that sounds, you know, not sharing from communal things, actually wearing your masks, except for when you're eating. And if you can have that dinner or gathering outside, that's going to be better than inside. But you still got to wear your mask. You still got to, you know, try to social distance within the house. In my opinion, you still got to sanitize and do all the stuff. You know, point being is, you know, again, I'm a doctor, so I'm, I'm taking this to the umpteenth level. But the truth be told is this is what we need right now in the middle of this pandemic, which, by the way, is not over yet. Uh, so, you know, safety and, and caution is certainly better than the alternative. Let me just jump in and say that a lot of people are not going to take it to the degree that Dr. Jen has. She stated that they really should. I know we should. However, if you are just taking some of the major points that she's making, you know, as far as limiting the number of people, maybe requiring people to have tests and so on, do the best you can, but you've got to be much, much more diligent than we've ever been in our lives before. Carl, one of the other, one of the other issues. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, no. I was saying, I, I, yeah, I I appreciate that. Absolutely. And and I guess just to to piggyback on that, because we're kind of going back and forth on this. And I think this is good because people do need, I don't want to say options, but you, you need to sort of understand the full scope to be able to make the decision that is right for you and your family. That's what it comes down to. However, I do also want to encourage people on top of that, there are ways to gather um, in an enjoyable way that are virtual. And I do encourage people to think outside of the box, right? You know, how could things be different this way, but still right. be wonderful, enjoyable, and, and things of that nature? Like, uh, a Zoom, like a Zoom Thanksgiving. Let me say this real quick. The advice Dr. Jen has given, if you could take that to the degree that she is, then that's the best thing you can do. You've inspired uh-huh. me, Dr. Jen. Actually, what I'm going to do is put a... Uh, uh, TV uh, uh, a monitor at each table setting, and I'm going to do it that way. So we're going <laughs> to. Hey, listen. Where, where but, I- but that was a great thing. I, you know, uh, for Thanksgiving, and not that again. We always have our our holidays are always very small, just the kids and I, and you know, maybe one or two other people. But you know, the uh, the communal sharing—that's just something I hadn't thought of. You know, you put the food out there, and I just—I mean, I'm like, check. I need to make sure that I, I, I you know, that I remember that. Just. Thank sure, you, because Dr. Thanksgiving you have the big you have the big plates you have the big trays. Yeah. Some families do buffet yeah. style, others it's pass the pass the plate around. Carbo, I want to talk about the school situation because that's affecting so many people too. What has been your? Have you been doing distance learning this entire time? Have you had to deal with some of these on again, off again, in person school situations? What's been going on with that for you and the boys? Um, so the boys are one hundred percent remote. They've been one hundred percent remote since. Um, 
March, I believe. So, um, uh, okay, so that's extremely stressful, uh, especially when you have a third grader. And it's not that they can't watch the videos, they can't attend class. It's just to operate a computer, turning in assignments, like you literally have to be there. Uh, you know, my heart goes out to, you know, first responders that have to work and they have small children. Um, I remember last year telling some of the parents, like, if I can help you, let me know. If, you know, as long as you guys are, have been tested, you can drop your child off and I will help them, especially for some of the moms who were nurses. And I, and I was that's going so through That's it, so I great that like, you did that. That's so cool. I was like, I have to really suck this up and, 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 and not just complain about what I'm going through. But there's a mother that, that really can't be there, you know, um, right. you know, and, and as smart as my child is, I still have to be there to go through these assignments to make sure he's getting it, make sure he can turn in the work. So remote is great. And on one hand that they're still learning, they still have that option, but um, it, it still comes with a huge responsibility for the parent. Dr. Jen, in, ter- in terms of move, as, as people move forward, just give us a reminder of what we need to like, be doing. And do you, are you a fan of testing every couple of weeks or every couple of months if you, have, if you have no symptoms? What's your guidance on that? Well, that's a great question. So first of all, I'd say follow the CDC recommendations and the CDC guidelines. There are a number of different scenarios um, that will require people to be tested. But to be honest with you, not everyone's going to be able to just be tested randomly and at will. We've often, uh, we have We've always known that we need more testing in this country, but that's not necessarily uh, been something we've been able to do. Um, I don't even know that people will just be able to get randomly tested if they don't have symptoms or meet certain criteria, mm-hmm. certainly because testing is often done at the local local levels, right? And each testing site has, has a criteria. But this is what we need to remember. The, the, the most important thing is because testing is not going to be able to be done for everyone. That's been the case since the beginning. Uh, we know that we've had, we have over 200,000 deaths in this country. Lisa, you mentioned in the beginning, uh, and I loved how you sort of, uh, you know, paid homage to like the families of those who have lost people uh, from COVID, those who are fighting COVID right now. We have all been affected by it to some degree. And yes, our hearts and prayers go out to those folks. We need to never forget that at this point, we still, we have over 200,000 deaths from COVID and every single day that number goes up. Every single day, the number- And we're not in the clear. We're not in the clear. No, no, we're not. And the cases go up as well. So we need to wear our masks, social distance, wash our hands, stay out of groups, do all the things that we need to do. And if you're not crazy about doing these things, you don't want to do it for you, do it for someone else. Uh, That's probably one of the most important things we can do. And of course, we are coming into fall and winter, I would say, as a family doctor, get your flu shot, not because it will protect against COVID, but because it will protect against the flu. We know that symptoms of the flu and COVID often overlap. You don't want to be sick and wondering which you have. And by the way, you can become infected with both simultaneously. So get that flu shot. We need to do everything. Oh my gosh, you can get both uh, of them. And then, Doctor Jen, yeah, one one other one other final thing with you. Sure. The, um, in, in terms of the in terms of young people, because there, we we saw sure. spreads with these super spreader events, and even colleges mm-hmm. opening and reopening sure. when students were all were all together. Do right. is is there an age? Is it now? Do you now say that okay, no matter what your age, you need to be taking precautions or you're vulnerable? 
Oh, absolutely. And we know that, that uh, according to the CDC, uh, children uh, under two should not be wearing masks, okay? So because they're too young, there are other people who should not wear masks, those with severe respiratory illness, those who are unable to sort of take their mask off their, on, their, on their own, you know? There are some people unable and should not wear masks. But by and large, though, everyone else, whether you're a college student, you're a high school student, you're an adult, you're whatever the case, we should be following those same precautions. This goes for colleges, too. And we know that COVID is hitting colleges uh, very hard as well. Well, so I encourage all ages. This is this is a, a joint responsibility for everyone in society, not just certain people. Tara, for you, for you, you're a very strong. You're a very strong woman. I admire, you know, admire how much you share of your life with with everybody, and and also your strength and overcoming so many things, and 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 obviously being such a great mother devoted to your boys. But what's been so? What's been the most stressful for you about this? You know, as a woman. Um, the most stressful, uh, just one correction, I, I, I meant, I said first responders, but I meant to say central workers earlier. Okay. Um, uh, <laughs> um, I think the, the most stressful thing is balancing it all, because at the end of the day, I still have to work. I still have to uh, create an income to take care of the children and trying to be creative um, and not lose that sense of creativity, you know, which is being an entrepreneur and creating my income and still giving, trying to give 100% to what they need, you know, it, it, it's just always something, you know, I right now just got a, a message from one of them. Um, can you cook for me? It's, it's some, it's lunchtime, you know? So <laughs> here I am and I get a note, you know, that, that's been, that, that was placed nicely here for me to read, you know? So it, it's just always, it's always, I have, you know, waking up in the morning, trying to have a little bit of two seconds just for me to prepare what I need to do, trying to stay calm. And then, oh yes, I have to go to work myself. And, so what, it's, about, it's, it's, and what about the self-care? Because you're, you're big, it, just from your, from your Instagram now, I mean, people will look at the pictures, you know, look at the pictures that you, you look like, okay, I just came from the spa. I just had a vacation, whatever, which is fantastic because you're so gorgeous. But in, ter- in terms oh, of the you. self-care, have your ideas about, have your ideas about self-care, changed you know throughout this whole COVID thing well absolutely as a matter of fact you know uh, my partners and I we just created a brand called self-care Sunday brand and it's really about you know just you know for women and moms and dads whomever you know taking just a moment to remember yourself and do something nice for yourself um you know you know, you know, before you have children, you can spend all day at the spa. You can do little things to, you know, as a reminder to keep pushing yourself forward. But when you have children, it's just a great idea. Sometimes you just don't get around to it. And so, you know, the Self-Care Sunday brand was with that idea of like just not forgetting yourself. Is it OK for us to go to the spas right now? Probably not. But if right. you can't. Here's some products you can go into your bathroom. You can exfoliate. You can make yourself feel beautiful and just come out a little bit renewed. All right. I'm going to give Tara the last word. Tara, in terms of the, you know, what advice do you have or, you know, experiences that you've learned from this whole thing that that you'd like to share with with the other mothers? Um, Well, obviously, just the word that we keep saying here, which is just flexibility. You've got to be open. Every, Every change shouldn't throw you off. We know that there are going to be a lot of changes, so just prepare that there are going to be changes and be flexible with that. And also, one thing that I I, um, I had to go to work the other day, and I, I you know I, um, I had to get on a plane, and I just so happened to watch the Mister Rogers movie, and it just to add on to what uh, Doctor Jeff just said is 
I came home after that asking them questions about how they were feeling, like their feelings, their feelings matter. And that was a conversation like, I don't want you guys to think that all of these things are happening and, and what you're going through doesn't matter. Your feelings matter. You know, the frustration of sitting at a computer all day, it matters. But we're in this together and you're not doing this alone. And just letting them know that there's someone that, that there's someone here and if they get just too overwhelmed, then we just stop. And I'll send the teacher an email. Like we have to revisit this over the weekend and, and, you know, flexibility. No, that's, that's fantastic. I, I want to one quick correction, you know, in my uh, hyperbole, I said race wars. What I meant to say was there will be, there will be racial conflicts. Yeah, well, we've already been seeing that, right? Exactly. Right. All right, I, I want to thank all of our guests for being with us uh, for this episode of Street Soldiers. Dr. Jen Caudill, uh, thank you so much for being with us. Um, Dr. Jeff Gardier, great to have you with us. Carol Wallace, thank you so much for being, uh, being with us. And thank you for joining us for this episode of Street Soldiers. I'm Lisa Evers. Remember, use your mind. It's your best weapon. I hope it's your only weapon. Let's push for peace, love, and justice for all.